0: I just love letting people know that monsters exist where they live. This is Darkness Prevails, the place to share your true stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. I apologize for the lack of uploads lately. It's the holiday season and I've got family to attend to. I promise videos will be back to normal this coming week after Christmas, For now, enjoy this allegedly true story of the wendigo that lurks around the Ohio River. Remember, you can always share your true stories with me with the links in the description. Also, I'll start reading the first five comments again when things go back to normal. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. For now, enjoy the beast of the Ohio River, a real monster sighting from Anonymous123. My uncle owns a 100-acre property along the Ohio River in Indiana. We lived not too far from my uncle in a home that housed seven kids at one time. My cousins lived with us off and on. This included Gabby and Roland. They were the closest of the bunch to me, my best friends, really. We were inseparable. There came a weekend when we got permission from my uncle camp on his property in the woods next to the Ohio River. So excitedly, we began to pack up our stuff and get everything ready for our camp out. This included snacks like beef jerky and s'mores, some matches and a lighter, and some pellets and BBs so we could target practice. We also brought a first aid kit. We'd been in the country all our lives. We know a thing or two about safety, especially when you're pretty far from other people. You need to be ready for anything, and I thought we were. By the time we made it to our campsite, the sun was already beginning to set. We got to work, setting up everything, the tents, the campfire. Specifically, Roland went out to find firewood and kindling, Gabby went to go set up the tents with me. We set them up in a small field, which was a few miles east of the house, and surrounded by those never-ending forests. By the time Roland got back with the firewood, night was almost completely upon us. We got the campfire started quickly and began to roast some marshmallows, just chatting it up to pass the time. Soon, I had the call of nature at my door, so I asked Roland if he had brought the bucket. He went over by the packs and the tent, then brought back this wooden bucket, I took it and made my way to the trees. I found a sturdy and thick tree, then began to do my business behind it where the others couldn't see. When I was done and cleaned up, I walked over to the river nearby. There, I tossed out my mess, then began to clean out the bucket for whoever needed to use it next. And that's when things got weird. I began to hear the sound of snapping tree branches It was only maybe five yards away from me, to my left. Something was scuttling around, disturbing the low-hanging tree branches and undergrowth. And whatever it was, I couldn't see anything from where I was sitting. But it did remind me of a certain sound. It reminded me of the sound that children make when they're playing hide-and-seek in the forest. And I figured if anything, it was one of my cousins who had followed us out here without us knowing. Or perhaps it was other kids playing a little game. So I decided to call out to whoever it was. Hey, I said, who's out there? I waited for several seconds for a response. The moving had completely stopped, but there was no reply. Whoever was out there was still there five yards away from me but wasn't making any sounds, wasn't even moving. I smiled and I said, it's all right, I'm not it, I'm not even playing this game. Me and Roland and Gabby are out here camping. Still, there was no response, but I did hear something that chilled me. It was another crack of a twig or undergrowth, but this time, whatever it was, had moved three yards closer to me and they hadn't even made a sound until now. I looked hard in the direction the sound came, trying to find any details of whatever was in there, whoever was in there. But still, I couldn't see anything, especially with it being so dark. This was obviously very strange and enough to creep me out. Not to mention it was the middle of the fall. There were leaves all over the ground, You couldn't move without making your presence known, but somehow this person or thing did. I began to panic, but I tried to remain calm. I slowly stood with the bucket in hand and I turned in the direction of the camp. I said to whoever was out there, "'All right, then, I've got to go. "'Take care of yourself "'and don't stay out after dark too long.' At that point, I was just praying that it was some creepy kids trying to prank me. But kids are clumsy. I would have heard them coming from a mile away. As I walked back to the campsite, I was basically power walking, not caring if I made too much sound. I just wanted to be back by the fire and back by my friends because out alone by the river, I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel very alone. I managed to make it back to the campsite in one piece, and I immediately told Gabby and Roland about what I heard. Of course, they didn't believe me. I mean, who would? We're camping in the middle of a field surrounded by woods at night. Who would expect them to believe a sudden ghost story that happened to me within minutes of me leaving camp? It was too good or too bad to be true. We went back to our marshmallows and made some s'mores. A couple of hours later, the fire was dwindling down to just embers and we were beginning to get tired, but we didn't really want to go to bed. But it was then when the fire was almost gone, when things got far, far worse. We decided to call it quits. Gabby couldn't even keep her head up straight, so to our dismay, we went ahead and called it a night we begin to trickle into our separate tents. I crawl into my sleeping bag and get comfy. I hear the other two do the same. And before long, it's completely quiet at the campsite. The only sound is the faint crackling of the embers that remained. With the thoughts of what happened earlier still on my mind, I found it difficult to go to sleep right away. I kept thinking about those bushes, that river, what was making those sounds and why they wouldn't reply to me. It was just a deer, I whispered to myself, a deer that wanted to get closer to me for some reason. I shook my head. It didn't seem to make any sense. While I was thinking, it took me a long time to realize the embers were completely gone at the campfire and the crackling and cracking sounds that did remain were not from the fire. Rather, they were circling our tents. When I realized we weren't alone and that someone was walking around us outside, my eyes grew wide and I could barely breathe. I've never been in that situation where you felt like you were living a horror film and I was scared to think of what could happen next. Then I heard Roland's voice It was a whisper. Hey. He was talking to me. Are you awake? Do you you hear that? I struggled to find any words to speak with, but after a moment, I finally replied. Yeah. Do you think it's maybe Gabby? I don't know, replied Roland. I think we need to get up and check it out. I swallowed hard. Then, in unison with Roland, I began to unzip the flap of my tent. I got out of it hesitantly, and I saw nothing outside, just the field and the trees nearby. We looked at Gabby's tent, Roland and I, and we saw that her flap was open as well, and I sighed with relief. So it was just Gabby, Roland said. We walked over to her tent, and we peered inside, and there we saw something that disturbed me. There was Gabby, lying face up in her sleeping bag. She was staring at us with eyes so wide, she looked like an unrealistic doll. We could see her struggling to breathe and choking, and then I saw the tears streaming down her face. Gabby, Roland said in a panic. We both burrowed inside of her tent, we began to shake her are you okay I said slowly but surely Gabby nodded her head she didn't say anything just nodded then she lifted her finger pointing at the tent flap then muttered the words close it I looked at Roland goosebumps and chills enveloping my whole body I reached over and I zipped up her tent flap, and there we sat, closed up in a one-person tent, cramped and scared. We waited in silence for Gabby to regain her composure. After what was about 15 minutes, Gabby pulled herself up into a sitting position. She looked down at her sleeping bag, and never to us until after she told her story. Did... Did either of you see it? Did you see it? She said, her voice growing exasperated. No, we both replied in unison. Gabby began to twiddle her thumbs. Good. Whatever it was, it opened my tent flap. It poked its head inside, and it stared at me. For about three minutes straight, It just stared at me. After that, it walked away, leaving the flap open. The next thing I knew, you two were looking in at me as if nothing had happened. I could feel tears forming in my eyes from Gabby's description. It was pale. It wasn't like a person. Maybe if a person had been in a cave and survived off rats for years, that thing wasn't human. There wasn't a nose, just eyes and teeth, and limbs so thin, they shouldn't have been able to hold up a paperweight. I couldn't take my eyes off of Gabby as she cried and explained what she saw, but I wanted to. I wanted to look around the tent for any shadows that might be looming. I wanted to tell myself that we were alone now and that it was safe. But out here, away from home and civilization, there was no safe. Especially with what Gabby had just seen. We need to go. We need to go home. We need to go now. She finally looked up and stamped her fists upon the ground. Hush, Gabby, stop, Roland said all of a sudden. If it's still here, we need to be quiet. D- do you want that thing to come back? She shoved her face into her palms. I heard her sniffle a bit, and I watched her shake her head. After sitting in that tent for another half hour, we had had enough. It was now or never. We began to pack our things, except for the tents. It was time to journey home, in the middle of the dark. Roland led the way, I was at the back, and in between us, to keep her safe and sane, was Gabby. Gabby stared at the ground, too afraid to look up, but Roland and I, we couldn't keep our eyes in one spot. We scanned up and down and left and right into every direction, knowing that at any second... We could see something from our nightmares. I was trying to not believe Gabby, but her emotions and her reaction to what she'd experienced, let alone our history together, it told me this was the truth. Suddenly, Roland stopped. I was in such deep thought that I nearly ran into Gabby. I looked up and at Roland. He wasn't facing ahead anymore, but behind us. His eyes were as wide as Gabby's before, and he whispered, there's something in the trees. When I heard him say that, my heart stopped. It felt like time itself stopped. A tear rolled down my cheek as I began to daydream of being back home behind locked doors. Suddenly, Roland turned, then ran full speed. I grabbed Gabby by the arm followed suit and that's when I heard the branches above us snapping and following us we must have been running for about 45 minutes nonstop. I'd never felt so exhausted and I never cared less we made it to my uncle's place unsure of how we survived this encounter once inside we locked every door and window and we stayed awake for the rest of the night the next day For as long as the sun was out, we rested. We slept nearly all day. And when we woke up, our uncle took us home. We shared our story with our cousins, most of whom didn't believe us, but it didn't matter. We weren't telling this story to scare them. We were telling it to warn them. I'm telling it now to warn you. If you ever find yourself near the Ohio River, Take this as a warning. Something out there is watching you, and something out there might soon be chasing you. If you make it out alive, consider yourself lucky.